Y2, green right off, nasty. Hound 2, Y booty, X facing back right on. 580! Green 87! GLIAC Football Weekly starts right now. Now here's your host, Jake Reitma. All right, all right. I hear you. Hold it together. Keep it together. Hold the applause. I'm trying. I I know. I know. It's everybody's favorite time of the week. It's GLIAC Football Weekly, the latest and greatest on the gridiron in the GLIAC, the only show dedicated to covering it all. And you wait all week for this, but we got to let's bring it down a notch. I'm excited. You're excited. I'm your host, Jake Ritma. So glad to have you along and what to get to. Why not? Because it's GLIAC Football Weekly. Every Thursday we do this. Or if you're tuning in on a Friday, maybe you're catching it on a Saturday game day on your way to a GLIAC football game, wherever. You're tuning in. So glad to have you along. Of course, you can catch it on the GLIAC's website, GLIAC.org, Anchor Podcasts, and Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your audio. But GLIAC Football Weekly, we're kind of into a little bit of a routine now. The month of October is officially here, and we're into week six now. And, you know, of course, I'm still trying to figure out what the heck I'm doing. But as the listeners, I hope you're enjoying the the product that is GLIAC Football Weekly. Fantastic show lined up for you again this week. We're going to hear from the head coach of the Grand Valley State Lakers, Matt Mitchell. That'll be our featured interview of the week. We've got a lot of action from week five to recap. Some of it's going to be tough for me, but I'll get through it. And then some good matchups to look ahead to in week six. But I always, always like to start if I have the opportunity to attend a GLIAC football game. And last weekend I did at my alma mater, Northwood University. It was homecoming, a special time. And of course we heard from head coach Leonard Haynes one week ago on GLIAC Football Weekly, homecoming at Northwood. Again, as an alum, as a former player, obviously it means a lot to me, but you've got the auto show going on, the number two team in the country, the Fair State Bulldogs in town, and the best uniforms in the conference in Northwood's light blues. And Ferris did, did us all a favor. They did not wear the grays, had the opportunity to catch up with head coach Tony Anise pregame and uh, of course he was giving me a hard time and I was trying to give it back but he's just he's better at that than me which is he's better at a lot of things than me but no it was great to see him great to see the Ferris faithful I got to give them credit I uh, had the opportunity to go over to the Ferris side and uh, and meet some people that tune into the show regularly that read the column and so so appreciate any support from all GLIAC institutions you know obviously Northwood through and through I am I'm Northwood through and through would be a better way to say that. And I will always bleed blue, but um, I love covering this conference. It is a pre- premier Division II football conference, and it deserves to be covered that way. So it's an absolute pleasure to bring you the latest and greatest on the gridiron in the GLIAC. But let's get to the action on the gridiron from week five in my picks. I went three and one, which brings the season total to 18 and nine. So 18 correct picks. Nine incorrect picks, and I've got a couple of teams I need to stop picking because I'm always wrong with them. But like I said, we'll start with the game I was at, Ferris State 400, Northwood 25. No, I'm kidding. It felt like 400. My goodness. Ferris State, that offense, wow. Um, just There's a talent gap there. There's speed, the athleticism from all 11 players on the field is just uh, pretty mind-boggling for the Ferris State Bulldogs. They win 67-25, to the final in that one. Malik Mitchell setting um, all kinds of school records for Ferris State. He was led, or he's rather named GLIAC player 
of the week on offense. And he had 508 passing yards. That's a school record. Six touchdowns, also tying a school record. And it's the all-time single-game passing total for a Ferris State player as well. 29 of 39 um, and uh, 693 total yards for Ferris State. Um, in that game against Northwood, 67-25 the final. Northwood special teams, I will say, showed up in the first half. It was 19-17. to Northwood uh, didn't score, but they blocked a punt that set them up um, to score in a couple plays later and then had a kick return for 100 yards back to the house for a touchdown. That made it 19-17. But Ferris's offense was just, I mean, they could not be stopped, and that's that's an understatement. Obviously, it's a 67 points indicate. But Ferris is 5-0, number two in the country, and they'll have a bye week before for taking on the Grand Valley State Lakers in the Anchor Bone Classic, which is what where I'd go to next. Grand Valley State, we're going to talk to head coach Matt Mitchell in just a moment, but they absolutely rock Saginaw Valley State on the road, 49-17, to the annual Battle of the Valleys. That was all Grand Valley from the jump. It was 28-10 at half, but Saginaw Valley scored, um, I believe it was the last play of the second half to make it, or first half rather, to make it 28-10 at the break. But uh, Grand Valley State swept the rest of the GLIAC uh, players of the week. Again, I said Malik Mitchell was the offensive player of the week. Defensively, it was Abe Swanson from Grand Valley State. Had a huge game, uh, eight tackles, two solo, six assisted pass deflection, and a 45-yard pick six for Abe Swanson. Then on special teams, the Grand Valley blocked a field goal attempt from Saginaw Valley, and Elante Leapart returned it 55 yards to the house. And uh, again, this one never really close. Um, And Grand Valley State and Ferris State, I think, are the clear juggernauts of this conference. We all knew that. We all knew that. But um, weeks like week five, where both teams go on the road and just have complete and utter dominating wins, um, just continue to prove that uh, the October 16th matchup between Grand Valley State and Ferris State is going to be something to witness and something to take part on the other two games we've got michigan tech all over davenport again winning decisively at home 31 to 7 michigan tech's defense forcing four fumbles two interceptions so the huskies committee the huskies defense really leading that win and davenport's offense committing the turnovers um in route to the 31 7 victory so a couple of lot or three losses in a row for davenport rather they're one and four michigan tech now two and two, and I should have said Grand Valley State four and zero. Oh. They remember they had that week one game canceled, so they played four games, and then Fair State five and zero, oh. Northwood now one and three, and Saginaw Valley State is two and three. Last game, Wayne State, uh, they fall to Northern Michigan, 26-19, to the final in that one. And Wayne State led this game 19 to nothing before Northern Michigan rattled off, that's right, 26 unanswered points. 26 unanswered points to win the game, 26-19. to So now Northern Michigan, 3-2, and and Wayne State is tough, tough, 0-5. Oh, so... 
Back to the drawing board for the Wayne State Warriors. And I, I want to clear this up. I think I said Saginaw Valley is 2-3, and three, but just to confirm, they are, in fact, 2-3. and three. But there's your Week 5 scoreboard. Again, Ferris State and Grand Valley convincing victories, um, both on the road. Grand Valley State 49-17 over Saginaw Valley State, and Northwood falling to Ferris State 67-25. Michigan Tech rocks Davenport 31 to 7 and Northern Michigan gets to come from behind win 26 to 19 over Wayne State. Week 6 is on deck. Grand Valley State looks to remain unbeaten. The Lakers will be hosting the Northwood University Timberwolves and our featured interview of the week on Gleak Football Weekly is with none other than the head coach for the Grand Valley State Lakers, Matt Mitchell. All right, at this time, we now welcome on the head coach of the Grand Valley State Lakers. Joining us from the west side of the state, Coach Matt Mitchell. Thanks so much for making some time for us here on Gleak Football Weekly. How are you today? Doing good. I appreciate you having me on. I look forward to this conversation. Absolutely. And as we were talking before we went live here, you know, it, it's fun when you guys are playing as well as you are, 4-0, and and uh, coming off a big win over Saginaw Valley State on the road. And really, in my opinion, a, a statement win. And I know how head coaches are wired. You guys don't like to look in the rearview mirror. But uh, early season thoughts, you know, 4-0, and undefeated. And I had the chance to go to the game against Colorado State Pueblo. And you guys have really just blown the doors off of people. What has been your assessment um, so far of your team four games in? Well, I think, you know, dating back uh, since the last time, you know, we played prior to this season, November 2019, uh, we've put a lot of work into this endeavor. And, you know, um, the way our team is playing, um, we there's some things we could be better at. We're, 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 we're happy with how we're playing. But I think for us as coaches, we kind of we saw some of the glimpses of this throughout the course of fall 2020 practice. You also saw we had some spring practice. As most people know, we went down and did a two-day joint practice with Valdosta State. We're able to see that against outside competition, uh, some of these things in the fall camp. So, um, you know, we we kind of, uh, you know, had a feel about some strengths of our team and what we were going to be good at. And I think uh, throughout the course of these first four, four games, that's come to fruition. Um, I also want to give a lot of our players and coaches a lot of credit. Um, you know, the, the cancellation to Edinburgh was tough uh, for us because we had waited an incredible amount of time for that, that contest. And, you know, had it been canceled two or three weeks ahead of time, been fine, but pretty much got the call on Monday that it was canceled. And that was tough. And, uh, well, you know, give our kids a lot of credit because we had to kind of go back in a little bit of a fall camp mode and then come out. And I was concerned as a head coach, Colorado State Pueblo um, has always had, you know, phenomenal defenses, has made playoffs five of the last six years and was hoping to maybe have a game uh, prior to that, uh, but was really, you know, got off to a fast start. And I think that fast start, in that opener and to kind of draw a little bit of a microcosm for that particular game to our season, we have gotten off to some good starts, Jake. And I think that has helped the confidence of this football team, you know, against Pueblo, we scored on our first possession offense. We had a punt return for a touchdown, uh, continue to get defensive stops. And so I think uh, that first quarter, first half of Pueblo, I think uh, brought a lot of confidence. Just, you know, again, you don't really know as players and coaches until you face somebody else. And it's been a long time since we've done that. Absolutely. Matt Mitchell is our guest on this week's edition of Gleak Football Weekly. Looking and kind of going back, I don't want to spend too much time on it because I know uh, you, you want to look through the uh, the windshield, not the rearview mirror. But I mean, having to the opportunity to be at that game and I felt the energy pregame with you guys going uh, referring to that game against Pueblo, 
you could just feel it on the field. It was almost like you and the cancellation probably factored into it, but there was so much pent up. Uh, I don't want to, maybe not aggression is the right word, but you could feel it. And it just had to be so satisfying to see your guys go out and actually get it done on the field. And, and individually speaking, what were some, some of the pleasant surprises that you've seen? Like you said, you saw some, some instances of it, but then to see it actually come into fruition, um, you know, as a team, obviously the results speak for themselves, but maybe some guys individually that you've really been pleasantly surprised by. Yeah, I mean, you know, like that was one of those games uh, as a coach, you didn't really have to say much in the locker room ahead of time. You know, they were uh, they were really ramped up, ready to go. We don't get released until a certain time and they're just they're ready to go. So that was uh, that was cool. And I think speaks to um, competitive nature of the student athletes that we have at Grand Valley. A lot of schools have we have competitive kids that really want to play. And at some point, the practices, the liftings, the meetings, you know, you do all that for competition. So in regards to some individuals that, uh, you know, I can point to um, on both sides of the ball and special teams through the first four games, um, you know, we have uh, three team captains. One of those those individuals, Bryce Young Walls, um, is a senior running back, has absolutely been the heart and soul of this football team. Um, he leads every single day. Um, we are not allowed to have a bad Tuesday practice because of Bryce's energy and his enthusiasm. And one of those guys, uh, Jake, you know, you, you played on teams at Northwood that maybe is not going to be the leading rusher or the, the big guy in terms of statistics, but really does a lot to lead our team. And I want to take, uh, you know, the time to champion him because he has been so instrumental. And he had the first touchdown against uh, Saginaw Valley State this past weekend. And uh, we have some talented running backs and uh, he fits into the mix, but he's really our heart and soul. So you have him um, really leading in, in that way. Um, we have a senior center who's a two-time All-Gliac performance, Ethan Culbertson, and he defines kind of uh, one of the things I tell a team all the time, it, it's better to be consistently good than occasionally great. If I had to put, uh, you know, somebody on that, that would be Ethan. He is the guy that runs all of our O-line calls, and we have a really completely new offense that he had to learn heading into his senior year. Has been a great stabilizing force for our offensive line and tight ends. You know, our offensive line, we were starting one senior and four sophomores, and so he's really leading the charge on that. And, uh, you know, Cade Peterson, our quarterback, has done well. Cade Peterson got a little bit of taste of GLIAC football in 2019 in a relief role when we had some injuries. And uh, there were some highs and some lows. And so he's really worked hard on his craft. And I've seen even throughout the course of the first four games, uh, more comfortability, uh, better decisions in the pocket. And, you know, probably being transparent with you, Jake, the first time in my head coaching career that we've had a quarterback that can make some things happen with his legs. Um, we don't just recruit guys here that can run around um, you still have to throw the ball to uh, compete for championships in the GLIAC, but he can do that. And he's, you know, got some mobility and we really haven't had that. And I think we've seen that um, on some key third downs. He's been able to run it. The opening drive, as you mentioned, you were there for Pueblo. We had on a fourth and one a design quarterback run, which he ripped for a touchdown. So new element um, that, you know, we have probably not had in, in a few years here at Grand Valley State, seeing him and then flipping defensive side of the ball. Our middle linebacker, Abe Swanson, a sophomore, is uh, off to an unbelievable start. He had a pick six against Saginaw Valley. Player of the week. Um, yeah, player of the week uh, for the GLIAC Defensive Player of the Week. And it's just been phenomenal in the middle of our defense. Um, leads our team in tackles. Another awesome person, um, high-character person, great student that's really been leading. And then one of our other captains, co-captains, Dennis Johnson, who was a uh, first-team all-conference defensive lineman in the GLIAC of 2019, has led a crew of defensive linemen, especially interior defensive linemen, that we've been able to rotate um, and, have, and have really been disruptive. We are doing really uh, good so far uh, through four games stopping the run. And a large part of it is, you know, our defensive line talent, but we also have depth. And you can see when you come to our games, we do rotate guys in there. And I think that's really critical as you go through the GLIAC 
um, it's, it's important to have depth at some of those positions. And so a few guys there, and then I don't want to gloss over Josh Gorball. Josh Gorball is handling our kickoff duties. I think he had six touchbacks against Saginaw Valley State. Um, he's handling all our X point field goal duties. He has not missed an extra point. And uh, he's also do our punting duties and he's averaging over 40, 42 yards a punt. And so we have a guy that's very valuable. A lot of times your, your special teams are made up of quality specialists and we have some good long snappers, but um, you know, I, he, he's an important part of this team that sometimes doesn't get recognized. He's doing a lot uh, on special teams. No doubt about that. And coach Mitchell, I want to go back to one thing you said that um, obviously being at one of your games, you see it firsthand is just the amount of depth that you have on this team. It was, I made a, a joke one on one of the podcast episodes back. It was like, watching watching a hockey line change sometimes you just you got fresh bodies going in um on third and long situations that sort of thing and it's just got to be um i mean a luxury to have and it kind of leads me into my next question which is there's obviously been teams from grand valley that have had success in years past and then there's been good teams that have had success in the gleek but maybe stumbled into the playoffs that sort of thing what makes this team 2021 different than some of those teams that have had success in the past but this team in 2021 that could go further yeah and again like it's uh every every game's a new game i just try to take it day by day week by week but one thing that uh, i know that we have is um this, this, we have a very strong culture at Grand Valley, and I have to give a lot of credit to assistant coaches and the leaders within their team. Um, we really have attacked everything um, throughout the course of it. And I even, you know, we do liftings in the mornings on Tuesdays and Thursdays. We do lower body on Tuesdays and upper bodies on Thursdays. And our guys are in there just attacking in season lifting. And a lot of times I think that's in, you know, just a little bit of a microcosm. You get guys that, oh, I'm playing in season, in season lifting. Right. You guys are really attacking things, you know, meetings. Um, we have a standard here called the five minute rule. So if a meeting starts at one 30, you have to be there at one 25. And, um, I, you know, really since fall camp, I, I can't think of any issues we've had. And so I, I have, I have a, a group of guys that really have a growth mindset. Um, we are buffering them for adversity. We've had some adversity, um, in moments in some games, whether it's pick sixes, um, some things that have happened, um, but that's kind of what I've been focused on a lot is trying to make sure our guys are ready for adverse moments. We know that as we continue down GLIAC play, uh, we're facing some really good teams. There are going to be moments of adversity and how we react and handle those is really important um, there. So I, I, I really, um, we have some talented football players, uh, but I have been really impressed with leadership and mindset. Um, you know, our three captains, when it comes to Bryce Young, Rawls, Hunter Rise, and Dennis Johnson, and a few other key guys in this team, um, they're allowing coaches really to focus on schemes and fundamentals and game planning because they are keeping uh, the culture of our program really uh, moving in the right direction. And that is a luxury uh, for me, you know, as a head coach. I think back to, you know, 2016, we went to the final four uh, to the semifinal. You know, Matt Judon was that for Grand Valley. He provided a great deal of leadership. Um, and, and I know he made a lot of plays as a defensive end is doing well in the NFL, but he provided a great deal of that, which allowed us coaches, you know, not to have to, um, quite frankly, Jake, waste some time on trivial you know, stuff that guys aren't doing right. And so that this is one similarity, you know, we'll see how things continue to progress out in the glass. It's a tough conference. And there's some really good teams coming down our schedule. Uh, but at the same time, I do feel good about the culture and the way guys are approaching things on a daily basis. And we just talk about, you know, um, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, making deposits for Saturday. And hopefully those deposits, we can take them out on Saturday or wins. 
No doubt about it. I think any coach would tell you when your your best players are your hardest workers and, and then things kind of uh, uh, take form from there. So a uh, couple more questions before we get you on the door out, out the door. I do appreciate you taking some time on Gliac Football Weekly, um, but I would be remiss if I didn't do the schedule game. I know coaches don't do that, but um, you welcome in Northwood this coming weekend. I think it's family day. I thought I saw on the schedule. Um, and again, I hate to keep going back to that, uh, that um, experience I had at Grand Valley, but a tremendous atmosphere. And then there's also a pretty big home game coming up on the 16th uh, as you look ahead to the Anchor Bone Classic against Ferris State. So uh, what has been kind of your, your mindset moving forward with the, and again, I know the coaches don't do the schedule game sure. as much as we do, but it is a lot of fun to just kind of look ahead to what's coming up for Grand Valley State. Well, you know, from a big picture standpoint, um, you know, we have, you know, we, we want to try to compete for championships, compete for GLIAC championships and try to uh, enter postseason play. And so, um, you know that in Division Two, there's really not a, any margin for error, and I think that uh, with our schedule, that's even highlighted more. You know, we lost one game uh, due to COVID to Edinburgh, and uh, just because we had a hard time finding a game, uh, we did play a Division Three school. So, you know, I sit on the NCAA Division Two National Football Committee, and uh, you know that that game doesn't really count when you take a look at our resume. And so, you're going to see, you know, a nine-game schedule uh, to be transparent with you when it comes to Division Two opponents, and uh, you know, even within league play, you know, there's, there's not as many teams as we used to have. And so you, you're not for, there's probably not gonna be a league champion. That's a one loss champion. It's just not probably going to be realistic, just given the small sample size that we have within our conference. So I bring all that to you, Jake, as context, like every week, it's, it's really, really important. You know, you just don't have a margin for error when it comes to winning a championship or trying to get into the playoffs. And so, um, you know, we do have family day with Northwood coming to town this weekend. Um, always a great atmosphere. And again, this crowd based on the numbers is going to be electric. The weather should be great. Um, have a great deal of respect for Leonard Haynes and his long lengthy career at Northwood. Um, the running back casual Goldsmith is a very talented player. Um, they've had some quarterback injuries. Uh, there's been some things kind of uh, bounced around in there. Uh, but one thing that's been really consistent, I think, about Northwood University is special teams. And I'm seeing that again on tape. And I'm the special teams coordinator here at Grand Valley. Um, they had a 100-yard kickoff return against Fair State last weekend, another big explosive return that the guy stepped out of bounds or could have potentially gone the whole way. Uh, they ran a couple fake punts. Um, they're, they're very opportunistic, you know, when it comes to special teams. So, um, and that's always the way it's been there. And I've had a great deal of respect for how they've approached special teams in Northwood. So I run all the special teams here. I'm definitely on edge, um, you know, heading into this week. And, um, you know, we respect uh, what they're trying to do. They're trying to establish a running game and uh, really doing a good job there. And again, they have, there's been some highs and lows in regards to their defense, uh, but their defense does like the pressure. And so when you have pressure, you have to be able to handle that um, as an offensive, offensive staff, whether you're running or throwing. And uh, that's another thing that we've been really trying to uh, do the best job we can practice is emulate some of their pressures and try to make sure that we're doing a good job with that because they get it going. Special teams can create momentum plays. They can. They can really create energy and enthusiasm on the sideline. They establish a run and are pressuring us. Um, you know, if we can't handle that, it, it, it could be it could be bad news for Grand Valley. So that's what I'm looking at. And again, I know and I understand and respect, um, you know, Ferris State is on the schedule. They have a bye this weekend and they're coming into Lovers the following week. Um, but I would do a disservice to my team. I would do a disservice to the respect that I have for Northwood University, uh, not to have our entire focus squarely on Saturday at 7 p.m. 
That's well said. You know, I was going through my head and my, where's my follow-up going to be. And, uh, you, you covered it all there, coach Mitchell. So, uh, I, I, uh, kudos to you because usually, you know, I got a big mouth and I'm always, always, uh, blabbing away, but that, that covered all, all the bases there. So, um, we'll get you out the door. I always like at the very end to just kind of get a, a feel for, um, as the leader of the program at Grand Valley State, what makes your program so special? And, uh, and, and, and what does, you know, when you, when people think of Grand Valley State football, what do you want to, to come to mind? Well, I think, you know, there's obviously a history and tradition of um, excellence on the field of play. Um, there's been a lot of great coaches and a lot of great players that have come through this program. And so uh, we don't uh, we don't ignore our history and tradition within this program. Um, we we do understand, though, that every year is a new year and every year is a new team. And so um, we try to do the best that we can to uh, focus on 2021, you know, and sometimes when you come to this building uh, every day as a player, especially a freshman, you see some of the national championships, you see the NFL jerseys. I hope to use that as inspiration um, and, and really energy uh, as we move forward in the 2021 season and not feel as a waiter and, or something that's holding us down, you know? So, and I would also say that, you know, as a head coach um, and I think the statistics and the numbers prove this out um, graduation rates and academic success rates are really important to me as the head coach. And you can take a look at how we're at NCA.org. Um, you know, we have some guys playing in the NFL, but for a large part um, of guys, this experience being a student athlete at Grand Valley State um, should, should part of that is winning. There's no doubt being in a winning locker room is a lot of fun, but we're not going to cut corners or do things uh, in an effort just to chase wins. Um, we're going to try to do with character and integrity is the best we can. And uh, really proud of the fact that we got a lot of guys on my team that are already in graduate school. This COVID thing is really going to help a lot of guys get master's degrees um, as they, they complete their eligibility. But we've had a great, great rate of education, too. And I think that's part of Division II football. That, that should go hand in hand with competitive greatness is also education and trying to find careers and lives, you know, that are well lived when they're done with this experience. So uh, in an, I blabbered on on that one, too, Jake. But that's really important to me. How our guys do things both on and off the field um, is really important to me as a head coach. Great stuff, Coach Mitchell, and uh, we really appreciate the time. Best of luck uh, this weekend, although, you know, it's my alma mater, so obviously you know uh, which, know. which shade of blue I'm bleeding. Sure. But uh, I get it. Uh, looking ahead, all the best to you and your program moving forward, and uh, we'll be sure to follow along and enjoy every step of the way. Awesome, Jake. Thanks for the platform. All right, my sincere thanks to Matt Mitchell, head coach of the Grand Valley State Lakers, for stopping by GLIAC Football Weekly, his Grand Valley State squad 4-0 taking on Northwood this weekend at home. Family day at Lovers Stadium. And then, of course, October 16th, the big anchor bone showdown against undefeated Ferris State. Because Ferris State on that bye this week. But Grand Valley State and Ferris State proving to be the heavyweights of this conference. But I mentioned at the open my picks for the year so far, 18-9. and nine. So I'm still back to back three in one weeks, which is okay, but I'm still in desperate pursuit of that perfect weekend. And maybe, maybe week six, Saturday, October 9th will be that weekend. Let's get into the matchups. Northern Michigan, and I said this in the column, but it's the first weekend where we see the repeat matchup, or one of them. Northern Michigan and Davenport played each other just three weeks ago in the Upper Peninsula with Northern Michigan winning that one at home. 20-14 to 14 was the final in that one. So let's start there. This time the game's in Grand Rapids. Noon kickoff in Davenport. And 
you know, I think even a week ago, I would have been inclined to take Davenport, but I just, I'm not there yet with this Panther team. And, and Northern Michigan is kind of the opposite. I was kind of down on them, especially after I watched North would beat them um, in, in week four at home in that second half where Northern Michigan just looked slow. They looked like they were outplayed. But for them to turn it around in, in a week and they got down big to Wayne State, 19 to nothing, and and to have the, uh, the, the presence of mind, the wherewithal to put it all together and come back to the tune of 26 unanswered points. That's very impressive. So I'm going to go with Northern Michigan over Davenport here again for the season sweep. Not often you can say that because um, I don't have it in front of me when the first time these two teams, or the first time we ever had uh, repeat matchups or playing the same team twice in one year. I know it's been a while since we've done that. But Davenport and Northern Michigan, I like the Wildcats in that one. And then the rest are night games, which is kind of fun. So um, I guess that technically, we'll call it, I would still say five o'clock. It's it's an odd start time because it's um, Saginaw Valley on the road against Texas A&M Commerce. Texas A&M Commerce out of the Lone Star Conference. And you might recognize Texas A&M Commerce if you follow D2 as a whole because the Lions, Texas A&M Commerce Lions, were the two 2017 Division II national champions. So um, they haven't been as good in in years past, but uh, certainly a, a program with some historical um, context there and some relevance. So a tough task for Ryan Brady's Saginaw Valley State Cardinals. And and give SVSU credit; they've played a very tough schedule. Um, of course, they played Bowie State, they played Ferris State close, and. You know they dominated Wayne State, so they've proved that they can they can put it all together. And their two losses being to Ferris State and Grand Valley State, kind of a similar situation as Texas A&M Commerce, because their two losses are Colorado State Pueblo, who Grand Valley just I mean rough just blitz them at home um, when those two teams played way back at the beginning of September. But similar at the time. Colorado State Pueblo was nationally ranked, I believe, 14th to begin the season. But back to Texas A&M Commerce, um, their other loss for uh, the the Lions was also against a nationally ranked team, and you might know them as the defending champions. That's right. They lost to West Florida, who is currently the number one team in the country and the defending national champions. So, Texas A&M Commerce comes in at three and two, and they do they are in the same conference as Texas A&M Kingsville, which is just a mouthful to say. I can't believe I haven't butchered it more than I already have. But SVSU played Texas A&M Kingsville. I always want to say Kingsford, and then I know that's the charcoal and not actually the um, correct school out of the Lone Star Conference. But Saginaw Valley opened with Texas A&M Kingsville way back in September on the first weekend of the season to the tune of a 13-9 victory. So I don't know what that says other than both teams have played Kingsville and both teams have beat them. I think this will be a really close game, but the the cross-country hike is, is, I mean, Saginaw Valley's done it before. They did it last year, or 2019, I should say, when they went to Kingsville and won, but um, Texas A&M Commerce, a little bit different. I like the Lions in this one just because they're home, and Saginaw Valley getting blown out by 
Grand Valley last weekend kind of it surprised me. I thought it would be a closer game. I thought Grand Valley would win, but the Cardinals just looked um, a little bit overmatched at times in that game. So I'll take the Lions and uh, in a non-conference game between Saginaw Valley State and Texas A&M Commerce, Michigan Tech and Wayne State. Warriors 0 and 5 after another loss. Um, that time they've had all of Wayne State's loss, eh, not all of them, but a couple of them have just left you scratching your head. The one against Slippery Rock, I mean, to open the season, obviously everyone changes from week to week, but Slippery Rock, a top 10 program, and Wayne State was a goal to goal situation away from beating them. And then to give up 26 unanswered to Northern Michigan is kind of. Um, kind of head-scratching for, for Wayne State and, and Paul Winters and, and the entire the program there. But I will say I, I've gotten a re- – this is a shout-out, and I gave them a shout-out in the the column as well, but I've I've enjoyed following the Warrior House on, on Twitter, uh, hashtag official Anthony Pittman fan club. And uh, I don't know who's in charge of that account, so maybe whoever is can get in touch with me at Jake underscore Reitman on Twitter or um, and, and anybody else. I know Wayne State has a really good following, but they tweeted out, and again, I mentioned this. I'm all, I'm all about citing the source, so I will always cite the source if I'm borrowing something because I think that's just what uh, good, good journalism is all about. But uh, the Wayne State's, they tweeted out Wayne State's last 0-5 start was in 2005. And the first win of that season came in week six against the Michigan Tech Huskies. So I don't know. I mean, maybe it's some just kind of a strange coincidence. Probably. Does that mean I think Wayne State's going to beat Michigan Tech? No, it does not. Because Michigan Tech's style travels. And that is a tough, gritty, hard-nosed team. And they're coming off... I would say their best game, and maybe the opponent has something to do with that in Davenport. But Michigan Tech, you got to be a, a an opportunistic defense to force six turnovers the way they did against Davenport, but with the four fumbles and the uh, two interceptions. But they they beat Davenport thirty-one to seven. So I don't want to always just put my picks based on everything that happened one week ago. But in this instance, I think Michigan Tech's playing pretty good football right now at two and two, and Wayne State. I just and again, I was at Wayne State versus Saginaw a couple weekends ago at Tom Adams Field, and it just didn't feel like there was a lot of life to the program. And that can that can come and go from game to game. But at home, Michigan Tech on the road uh, at Tom Adams Field. Again, I've said it time and time again. I love that venue for a GLIAC football game. But I've got the Huskies in this one. Steve Olson squad getting it done on the road, making Wayne State 0-6, Michigan Tech 3-2. and And then final game of the evening, we previewed it a little bit uh, with our interview with Matt Mitchell, but it's Northwood against Grand Valley State, Lover Stadium in Allendale, Michigan. And I talked about it in the open. It's tough for me because I'm a Northwood grad and I played for the Northwood Timberwolves. I bleed. I bleed Northwood blue. And you guys are probably tired of hearing me say that, but there's just a talent gap. And Grand Valley State represents, you know, the upper echelon, the the heavyweight, one of the heavyweights in this conference. And Northwood doesn't have the um, the bodies to to compete with that. So, and Grand Valley State at home, and I just I don't really see any feasible way for Northwood to even you know I don't want to say keep it close because they could keep it close, but to win this game, I got Grand Valley State um, over the Timberwolves in probably pretty easy fashion. So one more time, my winners for this week. 
Northern Michigan over Davenport on the road. Saginaw Valley falling to Texas A&M Commerce. Michigan Tech defeating Wayne State in Detroit and Grand Valley State over my Timberwolves. So also wanted to reiterate how much I appreciate everybody's feedback, everybody's comments and support. I talked to none other than Daryl Spaulding this week, uh, who's a legendary member of the Ferris State Alumni Club and the group that uh, follows all of the content posted on gleek.org. And we laughed it up, and, and it was always good to connect with, with him as well. So reach out, get in touch with the program at Jake underscore Reetma on Twitter, at Jake Reetma at gmail.com. I so appreciate any and all feedback. And if there's something specific you want to talk about, I'm all ears. Daryl and I talked about maybe getting a, a referee's perspective on something. So I'm going to see if I can make that happen and, and talk to a either a Gleak ref or just a college football ref about uh, what it's like to call the game because no fans are ever happy with the officiating never never but Daryl felt like uh, and I'm sure he's not alone I'm not I agree with him on this that you know holding either you could call holding on every play but there's been some egregious no calls and uh, you know and I don't want it to turn it into just a uh, bitch and moan about the officials but um, I'm sorry complain about the officials but that's that's part of being fans and that's this this podcast is dedicated to the pulse of of the fans. So if you've got a topic idea, send it my way. As always, I appreciate everybody tuning in to Gleak Football Weekly. It's been an absolute pleasure. Enjoy the upcoming slate. Ferris State has a bye. Everybody else is in action. Northern Michigan and Davenport is the only day game. The rest of them at night. Saginaw Valley and Texas A&M Commerce get the evening slate started at 5. Michigan Tech's and Wayne State at 6, and then Northwood and Grand Valley at 7. Until then, have a wonderful rest of your week. Thanks for tuning in. Gleak Football Weekly, episode 6 of season 2 is in the books, and we'll talk to you next time. He's back. He's locking. No locking. He's going for the end zone. He's got a touchdown! Thanks for listening to Gleak Football Weekly. Tune in next time.